On the screen is going to come our Bible reading for this evening. And let me read it. It's um, Joshua. Joshua chapter 3 and verses 1 to 6. And it goes as follows. Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan, where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go, since you have never been this way before. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the Ark. Do not go near it. Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Joshua said to the priests, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and went ahead of them. Shall we pray? Lord God, just as with Joshua, your presence in the Ark of the Covenant, that the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of your people. So, Lord God, this evening we pray that you would go ahead of us as a church this year. And Lord God, I pray that you would go ahead of me as I speak this evening. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. There is amazing power in a story. When you've got something to communicate to other people, there are two ways that you can get the message across. You can either, as it were, sort of push the information out, and that is fine, or you can pull people in with a story. Uh, I know that only too well just in terms of family life. Susanna and I, uh, particularly with our two youngest children, uh, Hope and Theo, we are constantly sort of pushing information out to them, trying to explain to them how to do life, if you like. But what we are discovering more and more is actually they are far more influenced, far more pulled in by a story. Particularly, I'm ashamed to say, the story of Peppa Pig. Um, Literally, Theo, um, our one-year-old, our youngest, when I read a, a bedtime story to him, um, and we'll sit on the bed together, and I have to read him a Peppa Pig story. So we read a Peppa Pig story, and we're reading the book, and Theo would be totally happy, honestly. We could sit there for an hour reading Peppa Pig stories, and he wouldn't complain. He just loves it. He laps it up. But I'll read him just one Peppa Pig story, then I'll put the book down, and I'll reach for the Bible. And he'll go, no Bible, no Bible. <laughs> Uh, and so I sort of I wrestle it from him and I get it onto my lap and uh, I open it up at some point and we have a look at this bit of the Bible and he will reach across and he'll grab the sort of the back end of the Bible and he'll try and flip it over to the back cover and he'll go, the end, the end, <laughs> Peppa Pig, Peppa Pig. <laughs> stories, particularly Peppa Pig stories, are incredibly powerful. And the Bible reading that I just read for you tonight, it is, if you like, it is part of a story. The story of Joshua and the people of Israel as they are looking to go into the promised land. Now, many of us, we will know how the story ends. There's amazing things happen. The, the parting of the River Jordan. At the walls of Jericho famously tumbling down. But we know how the story ends. But this bit of the story, it's right at the start. All the people of Israel, they are camped along the edge of the River Jordan. And there'll have been, you can imagine it, all sorts of different emotions going on. There'll have been excitement, there'll have been fear, there'll be an expectancy, there'll be an uncertainty. 
You know, how on earth are all us lot, how are we going to cross over this river? How are we going to make it, and not only just cross over the river, but how on earth are we going to destroy Jericho and enter the promised land? And it is into that uncertainty that Joshua speaks to the people. And he says these words. He says, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. That draws you in, doesn't it? It pulls you in. If you were there, you'd have been thinking, what are these amazing things that are going to happen? Be pulled in by this story. And I want to encourage each one of us this evening, not just to be pulled in by the story of Joshua, but also actually to be pulled in by the story of this church. I mean, we've been pulled in enough, if you like, to be here on Vision Sunday, pulled in, some of us perhaps, by the story of HDC's early beginnings with William Wilberforce and the Clapham sect. But not just the stories back then. But I want to, if you like, encourage us to be pulled in by the the stories in the latest chapter of the HTC book. You know, against the depressing backdrop of a decline in church attendance across the country that is publicized so well in the media. The encouraging story of a church in South London that by the grace of God has bucked the trend, growing from 200 to 500 people in the last few years. A church last Sunday on Tri-Church Sunday that had 700 people coming to it. Then there's the story of of a bishop saying to us, saying to us as Holy Trinity Clapham, we want to designate you, this church, and support you as a resource church. For you, Holy Trinity Clapham, to be part of the National Church of England strategy of being a hub, a resource church, to have an influence, to have an impact, to evangelize and to transform, not just in our parish, but across the whole of South London, to help reverse the decline in church attendance with our, our roots deep in Jesus that encouragement for our shoots to go wider still. Stories most significantly of lives transformed by Jesus. I think of eight people who became Christians on the Alpha Day and the Alpha Course last term. I think of the story of Ed, uncertain about his faith as he came to London, how since he's been in this church, it has transformed him from having a mere head knowledge to also heart knowledge of Jesus. This year, him making some radical decisions in his work to follow Jesus' call on his life. I think of the story of Zell coming to Tri Church Sunday back in May. She only came to support her mum, to help her mum sort of find a church to get for her mum to go to. But since then, Zell has put her trust in Jesus. Zell comes to this church. Zell is part of a connect group. Zell is using her amazing cooking skills next week to cook for the youth and children's team night. I think of stories they could go on and on and on. I think of Gemma's baptism. I think of Lucy going out to to work with refugees in Greece. Be pulled in by these stories. But don't just be pulled in. Be part of this story. Be part of it. You know, the New Testament, it reminds us in Hebrews chapter 4 that Joshua, Joshua and the people of God, they did experience amazing things as they entered into the promised land. But Hebrews 4 reminds us that it wasn't the ultimate amazing experience. Now, everything about Joshua and the promised land, it was pointing forwards to Jesus. The New Testament says, as when we read all about Joshua, actually, if you like, it was a visual aid. It was a model of what God was going to do when Jesus Christ came to this earth. We all know 
that the real end of the story, that the real end, the real place of his in all great stories, the real place where people live happily ever after, the real place is not an area of land in the Middle East, but the real place is heaven. That is the true promised land. We know that the real crossing is not at the River Jordan, but at the grave. We know that the one person who can get us across that crossing, it's not Joshua, but it is Jesus. And in order to get Joshua's people across the river, God did an amazing thing. I don't know if you noticed as I read that that, that bit of the Bible, but God went first. Uh, You'll see up there, verse 6. In verse 6, Joshua says, he says, Take up the Ark of the Covenant. That's symbolically where God dwelt. Take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on ahead of the people. And in going first across the Jordan, God opened a way for his people to follow. In the next chapter, when you go on to Joshua chapter 4, after they've crossed the river, Joshua says this. He says, The Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he'd done before to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. God went first. And I would love you to to come in your mind's eye, as it were, to another place where God dwelt with his people. This time, not just symbolically in an Ark of a Covenant, but in the flesh with his people, God himself came and became human. And in order to get people across the river, God again went first. God opened a way for his people to follow. Jesus Christ crossed the river of death first. Jesus dried up the flow of judgment that ought to destroy you and me. And he rose from the dead and he has now ascended to heaven. And he waits for us on the other side of the river where he will ultimately bring us all home. The very end of the story. In Christ, you and I, we are part of the most amazing story ever. In Christ, we know where the story ultimately ends. And for many of us, including myself, there are times where, as it were, we, if you like, we push away our Bibles and we listen to stories of Peppa Pig and other influences on us. But my prayer for each one of us here is that actually we would choose, if we haven't already, we would choose to be part of the most amazing story ever. You know, as a church, we are seeking to be part of this most amazing story ever. It is why our our ultimate story as a church, our vision, if you like, our ultimate story is to see every life bearing fruit for Jesus. That is our ultimate story. To be a part of the salvation story that Jesus is at the very center of. And that is why we believe, if you like, the next chapter in the story of this church. Our focus at this time as part of the ultimate future of longing to see every life bearing fruit for Jesus. Our actual specific focus right now that is specific and particular to us as a church is this. It is for us to develop as a resource church that plays a significant part in growing church attendance in Southwark Diocese. That's all of London, south of the river. Now, some people might say, as you read that, you might say, well, that that sounds a bit numbers-based, you know, all this talk about growing church attendance. And you're quite right, there are all sorts of caveats. We could grow church attendance here by putting on Sky Sports for free. Okay, That, that would grow church attendance, but it wouldn't grow the kingdom of God. 
And that is why I'd love to, as it were, add on a sentence and say, how are we going to be looking to grow as a resource church? And it's this. We're doing it through growing God's church with God's word, by God's spirit, for God's glory. We want God to be seen to be the great, glorious, and gracious God that he really is. We do not want to be making a name for ourselves. We want to be making a name for the Lord. As as Joshua says in that verse, he doesn't say, tomorrow we will do amazing things. He says, no, tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things. And so I'd love to just outline for you five areas, if you like, where we are looking to the Lord. And we're looking to the Lord and say, please, Lord, would you grow these things in the next chapter of HTC? Here's the first area. First one is this, growing fruitful followers of Jesus. If you like, that is the bread and butter of what we're about as a church and what we must always be about as a church. Within the context of a loving community, we are in the disciple-building business. And our product is transform lives, lives bearing fruit for Jesus. That's why in 2018, we are increasingly investing in the growth of Alpha, in the growth of our connect groups. Uh, That's why there's a big line in the budget for 2018 for a church weekend away in a location that is big enough to take most of the church. So we've outgrown Ashburn and where we went last time, and we're going to a bigger location with a budget in the in the budget for next year, a budget for subsidies and bursaries. And in your little envelope, uh, you've got one of these save the date cards for the church weekend away. Would you save that date now? It's going to be a fantastic time, the 1st to the 3rd of June. Second area uh, of focus for growth, growing Christ-like leaders. Now, leadership, uh, it's all about influence. Uh, I believe every single one of us who's a Christian, we are called to be a leader because we're called to influence others for Jesus. But specifically, I guess I'm meaning by that, growing Christ-like church leaders. Both more people from this church actually going and training to be vicars, but also raising up and releasing more lay leaders in our church. Releasing more lay leaders leaders in our church and also for for lay leaders for when we plant other churches. And again, there's money in the budget for 2018 for us to run a leadership course. Third area, growing the outreach of our ministries. Now, perhaps most significantly in the budget, there's a salary for another clergy person. So it's wonderful to have Jamie Mulvaney joining the staff a couple of months ago to oversee discipleship in the church, but also we're going to get someone to come and be our associate minister in charge of outreach. And this person will then be the person who will lead the church plant to the Battersea, Nine Elms, uh, Vauxhall area in a few years' time. And the aim is for, for this person to be in post by next Easter. And we've also put in the budget a significant sum of money for developing a couple of sort of key outreach ministries in our community to be a blessing to all segments of society. Fourth area, uh, growing the suitability of our buildings. So we are, we're so thankful for, uh, we're so thankful to God for the reopening of Trinity House at Clapham, which if you like is our church hall, it's our staff offices, it's where a lot of our community outreach takes place from. Just out of interest, how many people here have been to Trinity House since it opened at the start of the year? Just stick your hand up, just to interest to see what percentage of people. Yeah, about 60, 70%. If you haven't been there, do uh, come and visit anytime. Come to an event. There's loads of different events happening there. Come to the First Fruits course. uh, That's happening at Trinity House Clapham and just see that. But it's been so exciting to have that space to use to support our vision as a church. But we're saying if we are to be a resource church, this church building 
needs to be able to be used in a large and flexible way. Uh, Currently, we are at capacity for children's work on a Sunday at the 11 o'clock service. Uh, We are over capacity for courses such as the marriage preparation course. Um, There will be sizable, specific fundraising needed over the next couple of years for this internal reordering. But at the moment, in the 2018 budget, we put enough money to pay for all the work of architects in getting the internal reordering of this church through the initial planning phases. And then the fifth and final area, growing our giving away. Being a resource church means increasingly, if you like, our arrows as a church pointing outwards. Our arrows going outwards, having an impact across South London, blessing other churches, blessing other people. And that means increasingly recognizing that our focus as a church shifts from not just growing, but it shifts to giving. Giving away. Whether we uh, plant a church, giving away. Whether we have renewal teams going to church, like Luke, who I saw somewhere over there, Luke, uh, down at All Saints Clapham Park, and a few others, helping renew a little church uh, behind Brixton Prison. Whether it's running a course, whatever it is, we give away. We give away people, we give away finances, we give away time. My question to each one of you this evening is very simple. Would you be part of this story? Would you be a part of this story? Very practically, that means investing your time and your gifts and your finances. In terms of finances, on your way in, you receive this white envelope. In this white envelope is an exciting letter. It is deeply exciting. There is £66,000 worth of extra excitement this Vision Sunday. Um, Our current congregational giving, it is estimated to be for 2017... Um, If the giving sort of run rate continues as it is, it is estimated the giving for this year to be £690,000. And I want to say thank you so much to so many of you here who give uh, generously, sacrificially, joyfully to make up that amount. But what we're saying is that to meet our needs for 2018, some of those things I just shared with you, our giving needs to increase next year by an additional £66,000 on top of this year's giving. And that is basically, it's basically a 10% increase on what has been given this year. And we would love every single one of you to fill in a pledge form this year. And again, in the envelope, as well as the letter, uh, there is a pledge form. It's headed, uh, very helpfully, financial pledge, confidential. Um, You can fill that in today if you want to. Uh, There'll be a little red uh, bucket at the back where you can put it in. You can put it in the brown envelope that's also in there. um, And you can do that this week. But particularly, we're saying, take it away with you. Pray, reflect this coming week, and then come back to HTC next Sunday on Gift Sunday with your pledge form, either filled in uh, physically on the bit of paper with the brown envelope, or if you go onto the website, you can go onto the giving section and you can fill in all the pledge form online if you'd like. But doing that, detailing how much you are pledging to give towards this story, towards this vision, ideally by by setting up, if you haven't already, or increasing uh, your standing order for the church. And just to speak personally for Susanna and myself, um, us knowing that the need, if you like, is going up by 10%, uh, we have committed to increase our giving to the church by 10% from what it currently is. And I would love you to join us in being part of this story. And that means finally, and perhaps more briefly, us being prepared for this story. Be prepared for this story.
Do you notice Joshua's words to the people right at the start of this story? At the edge of the Jordan River, he didn't just say, tomorrow the Lord's going to do amazing things among you. And he said, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord is going to do amazing things among you. In other words, he said, get yourselves prepared now for what the Lord will do in the future. Get yourselves prepared. It starts with us now. Many people pray to God for God to do amazing things. Many people pray for the decline in church attendance to be reversed. Many people pray for revival. Many people pray for change. But the problem so often is that we want things to change as long as it's not us that has to be changed. We want things to change, but but we're not so sure about us being changed. But we cannot have one without the other. Be prepared for this story. And being prepared, us being prepared, means us being prepared for us, each one of us, to be transformed by God's word, through God's spirit, for God's glory. Let me finish with a story. It's a true story. Uh, Back in May, uh, Phil and Janice Dads uh, just finished repairing the glass panels of their enormous uh, Victorian Italianate greenhouse in Ramsgate, if you want to know. And um, in the greenhouse, there are all sorts of amazing exotic plants. In fact, there are such amazing exotic plants that each year they get about 4,000 people uh, visiting their greenhouse. And one of the plants in the greenhouse is the plant that you saw on the title slide. It's coming up there. That, that, one of the plants is that plant. It's an agave plant, and it looks lovely, doesn't it? But back in May, something happened. That plant, it changed. An amazing thing happened. Apparently, it only happens once in 100 years with an agave plant, but the plant started to grow from something little like that And it started to grow, to erupt, and to grow so fast that the owners of the greenhouse didn't notice in time to get it out of the greenhouse. And it just kept on growing and growing and growing. And it grew right up to the roof of the greenhouse. It smashed through the glass, and it kept on growing. And here is a picture of that agave plant. It's an amazing thing. It has grown through the artificial ceiling of the greenhouse. It's grown so that it might spread out its shoots, so that it might branch out, so that it might have an impact far beyond its current environment. Holy Trinity Clapham, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you.